Oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show. Look at you. Josh Helmer is standing by in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Good morning, Josh. And a very happy Wednesday morning to you. You and I have gone with the non-shaved look this week, I've noticed. How's it feeling? You good with it? Yeah, it's okay. It's about that time, I think. My Wait, do I have something playing in here? Oh, that's just TJ. I'm sorry. I was like, whoa, something's really loud in this studio. <laughs> um, okay, I, I know this is coming in hot, but I want you to check my Twitter feed real quick at Plank Show. This isn't an attempt to try to get more followers. I'm, I'm fine with it. I want you to watch the play that Kyle Kishimoto tweeted. And last night, if you went to bed early, Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter for the Los Angeles Angels of An- – I don't even know what they call themselves now. The Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever. Um, Reed Detmer, by the way, 22 years old, Springfield, Illinois product. I believe Springfield is still in the 618 area code. Straight, straight from an incredible career with the – Louisville Cardinals, now to a no-no. I guess there was a little minor debate about whether or not a play should have been ruled a hit or an error. Now, for old-school sports radio fans, this is our kind of fight right here. I mean, there's dudes, these are like the guys that want to flex on me. like, well, I keep a better book than you. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be calling the World Series while you're sitting at home bragging about how good of a book you keep to your family. Look how good my book is. Blake can't do this. He sucks. Look at my book. So, I think it's an error. I don't think there's too much debate about it, but I guess both of the Tampa Bay Rays fans on Twitter have raised a stank about it. Do you have a problem with that score being ruled an error? Walsh needs to make that play. I agree. It's an error. He has a chance. He's right there at it. Then bobbles around with it. It would have been maybe a close play with the flip to first. Mm-hmm. But, yes, he's an MLB first baseman. It's not like he's lunging for a hard hit ball. It's right to him. I think they scored it appropriately. Listen, I think it is an error. The only – that's a really good point because I hadn't even looked at it from that perspective yet is I don't even know who that is hitting for the Rays. I I get all fired up about this. I've got a whole plan for the first segment of the show and I watched this and it triggered me so much. Um the fact that the runner is getting down the line so well makes it a little bit more challenging. Because you're right, Josh, even if he feels it cleanly, is Detmer's because Detmers does kind of woe up a little bit when he sees him bobble the ball. But I think they were going to have him out at first base. I think you're right. If he handles it cleanly. And who knows? I mean, if he gets it initially, he might just grab it and race to first himself. Right. That's that's another good point. But, yeah, I was I ended up getting sucked in on two things last night that I won't lie to you. Uh, aren't necessarily big-time things in the 
uh, pantheon of sports topics for me, and that is Los Angeles Angel baseball and playoff hockey. I was I was all in last night because I was watching a no-no. I was like, dude, this guy's going to throw a no-no. Um, when did this? I was trying to figure out what inning this was in. Um, it was in the seventh inning. It was in the top of the seventh inning. So it's late. They know he's got a no-no cooking. I think it's an error. I, I think too. they scored it correctly. I, I, I think they did too. And, you know, this isn't a situation. By the way, the hitter, I think, was Brett Phillips. Yeah, so that's Brett Phillips. So he can move already. But, I mean, this isn't this isn't one of those no-nos with, like, an asterisk next to it where the dude had, like, eight walks. And this isn't a minor league no-no. I mean, he was pretty dominant. He threw a complete game, one Walk one air no no. His defense was really good outside of that around him. So I don't know. Hard hit ball. If they'd scored it a hit, which home scores in that situation not going to happen. I don't know that I would have had a big problem if they had ruled it a hit. You know what would have really been funny if they because this happens a lot in well, I don't want to say a lot because Oklahoma has an elite score when it comes to home games. Yeah, that it got ruled a hit and then, right, then retroactively they, turned into a right. It, it, suddenly they look back and they they realize, wait a minute, that wasn't a hit. Yeah, you you can't do that in this situation. All right? Did you hear the? Come on, there's there's certain things in your life as a play by play guy uh, that you maybe practice and you dream about. Walk off home runs, walk off wins, championships, whatever. Game winning shot. Game winning shot, winning touchdown in overtime, whatever it might be. And let's see how the, by the way, throughout this season, much maligned Los Angeles Angels broadcast crew did on Cardinal alum Reed Detmer's no no. Ground ball. Velasquez throws across. He did it! Reed Denver's throws a no-hitter! Truly incredible. Knowing the kid, great kid, a battler. What stuff, what a moment, something he will remember the rest of his life. I Mm. think well done, bravo. Mm. Wasn't too over the top. The excitement, though, matched the moment. Nice little color commentary. Sure, little. I think that's Rex Hudler, but yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good scoring. That's an error. Meanwhile, can I go ahead and go full circle on the two things that I watched last night that probably nobody really cared about? Yes, talk to us about playoff hockey. Oh, it was awesome. Oilers get a clear, overskate the puck. Kempe in on right wing to the net. Kempe in on goal, a chance, and he scores! Adrian Kempe wins it in overtime! A minute 12 into overtime, Adrian Kempe has given the Kings a three games to two lead in this first round best of seven series. Overtime hockey, 
So good. Sensational. With an upset looming, now they go back to L.A. up three games to two. It's over. Uh, O-V-E-R, this, over. This game should have been over about five times. I think the Kings were up four to two at one point. Um, actually, I, it was two zip, three one, three three. I, I'm sorry, five three or four two. It was crazy. It was a crazy game, and I'm all in. Look at me staying up late. I am a man of the people. Why? Let me tell you why, Josh Helmer. Because the NBA playoffs stunk last night. I mean, we're having to. I, I'm the TV's not even on yet in studio because I can just see the debate shows this morning. Oh, how dare Lucas say that people only talk trash whenever they're up in a series? How dare he? Is Luca out of control? Does Luca have a problem? Is Luca wants a Robin? Is what <laughs> Luca wants. Yeah. What What happened to the unicorn? I thought that. I thought Kristaps Porzingis was supposed to be that. What happened? Did he just can he never not? materialize? Yeah, I guess not. Uh, and then the other is Doc Rivers, the worst big game coach ever. Your call. Well, I guess they don't take calls in their shows. So I've the NBA playoffs were pretty bad last night. So I I was doing two things last night. I immersed myself in pod scheduling. <laughs> Because I'm a nerd. We'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. And I was watching the playoffs. I was letting the doggy stay up late too, Josh. Oh, Tater? Yeah, yeah Tater and Honey and, and Butters were all getting to stay up a little late last night. Oh, I'm sure they love that. But when the when the Kings scored their game-winning goal, and, and again, for, I'm not trying to suddenly be hockey guy. I'll leave that to everyone else in town who becomes an expert on a sport that they haven't followed all year long, but they watch five minutes of it, and it's, oh, why didn't she do this? Why didn't he do that? What What could you possibly be referring to? But I'm not trying to be a hockey expert. I just I love the playoffs. And there were two. There were some really good uh, games. Playoff hockey's so good. So good. Love uh, it. Um, we got a big show for you today. I threw out the tweet, and that's, that's kind of the rundown. Like I said, I really nerded out on pod scheduling because a lot of things in my mind as we welcome you into the Plank Show, Hour 1 brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Uh, Mark and Tessa are amazing over at Van Hoos Fence. 405-735-1167. Get your fencing needs taken care of. through the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer free estimates and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Get your fence back in shape before the summertime. 405-735-1167. Six seven, and I hear, I don't know. I've never been invited to a round with him, but I hear Mark Van Hoos, one hell of a golfer. Maybe even a regular listener to the Gimme Zone. I don't know. Four zero five seven three five. How about that? Seven. Yeah. So, in a lot of things that I nerd out on, I think about the SEC for Oklahoma, and this is specific to football and. Maybe basketball. I haven't. My mind hasn't been able to wrap it around other sports. I think in the sports that we regularly talk about here on the show, I think soft. Where is that? Oh, I thought that there was some sort of. (laughs) 
I thought there was an explosion somewhere. There's just no senior, senior pranks. pranks. Did you see the? Okay, that scared me for a little bit. Shiny things. Did you see the senior prank where they like hung a shark up? No. Where was it? Oh, I'll, I'll find the high school. I don't think we did senior pranks that down at East Dalton Wood River Community High Let School. Let me tell back you now, this has been a controversial senior really? prank. Oh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I want to talk about it. But hey, hold on. Writing down for a 45 segment senior pranks. Also for a 45 segment at some point, I think I think I had something I experienced as a father of children, a mother, a mother of children as a father of children in youth sports, Josh. I think our coach got fired. For performance. Well, listen, I just want to talk to you guys, and it's not coming along the way we thought. We're going to move on. Going to have an interim coach for one more game. I'm like, is this? Your, I feel like this is professional sports right now. Let's go. Meanwhile, why second graders out there picking daisies instead of playing your position? We'll get to th- those are 45. So, did seconds. you get the call? I, no. This is like Trevor Lafoon level coaching. <laughs> I, I would be like the guy that got fired. I'd be the one that's just like giving out candy. Um, but back to pot scheduling. So in, in my mind, a lot of things that I think about are SEC football related. And when the initial reports came out about OU and Texas moving on to the SEC, immediately the battle became, oh my gosh, are they going to do two, what would that be, eight-team divisions? How is that going to work? And I guess it was what the SEC Network and one of their shows, maybe Peter Burns and SEC This Morning, that talked about pods and having these different pods. Well, it seemed to be met with some tepid response because there would be the battle, okay, who are you locked into your pod with? Is it more about geography? Is it more about rivalry? Who are you locked into? And immediately it became, what, five or six teams that we talked about being locked into Oklahoma's pod. There was, well, obviously Oklahoma, Texas. I feel like those two are going to be married. And then it became, would it be Arkansas? Would it be Texas A&M? Would it be Missouri? I feel like I'm leaving someone out. LSU sort of on the fringe was mentioned. But but it was just – it was a fun sports radio debate, right? When this happened – there were, you know, wow, this is really happening. Number one, it's better for us. Number two, do is you it want? Really, do you want pods? Do, do you, you want, want pods? You want do, right? It was all fun. Now, and, and I don't, I don't know, Josh. I don't know if it was a byproduct of the buzz that 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 came from that, or if it's something that these other conferences had been thinking about for a long time. I don't know, but. A big move was made in the ACC over the last couple of months to completely remake its football scheduling model and potentially implement it as early as 23. And what they're talking about is a 3-5 model, which would give teams three annual opponents while cycling in five new opponents per year. So a pod, a four-team pod is the way that it would look at it. Um, here's what Miami AD Dan Radakovich, or Radakovich, I've heard it both ways, said about it. 
former Clemson athletic director, moved to Miami after Brent Venables left because he knew what the future would be for Clemson. I'm just kidding. Am I? The scheduling model was discussed, the Miami AD said after day two of the ACC meetings. We have good ideas moving forward. We're closer to the end than to the beginning on that, but we need to talk to our TV partners. So I'm not trying to get too carried away here, but I tend to think that most entities in the sports world are reactive, even the smallest thing. Not many are are proactive. And usually the ones that are proactive either have to fail in order to kind of find that right foundation to get it where it needs to be or, you know, reset the curve. It's, it, there's not a gray area, I think, in that. You either hit a home run or you kind of hit a dribbler down the line and hope it rolls foul. Now, the Athletic, who is all over this, reported that Division One Council had removed requirements to hold a conference championship game, which I'm not going to lie to you. I would completely forgot was even something that they're like, you got to do this. Completely forgot. Because I had always thought the Big 12 added its due to the extra data point. I think it was a numbers thing, right? If you had 12 teams, you had to do it a certain number. That allows the flexibility to determine who competes for a title game. And I think, I think, Josh, some looked at what the Big 12 did with just one division and said, they're getting their two best teams in their championship game every single year. The Big 10 can't say that. The ACC can't say that. The SEC now, with what Georgia has done over the last few years, has kind of backed into it yeah has been able to say that but not by design bingo i mean i'm old enough to remember when georgia was a chronic underachiever and we were wondering gosh why are we having to watch alabama and florida there should be an alabama lsu or an lsu alabama sec title game and and that's been in waves right because there were times when it worked out perfectly and i i don't know if in this fake world that we like to create in sports sometimes if there had never been expansion, if the SEC would be on board with this, right? Because they might say, oh, we kind of like the idea of every so often getting a little random matchup with Arkansas and Florida or whatever it might have been back in the day. So the ACC, the chance for a four-year player to face every school in its conference has also become more of a priority. Florida State AD Michael Alford, Former University of Oklahoma dude. I look at Boston College in Syracuse. How many times do they want to get to Florida? A lot. So what is the best scenario? And how many times do I want to get into the New York market? I want to get up in Boston and New York because it's a key market for us to build our brands and for recruiting. So making sure that we're doing the right thing where everybody has the same opportunity is important. They're having a meeting about it today. So, two of my biggest pet peeves. Number one, how often does Alabama and Georgia play in the regular season? It's like what? Like every – they'll play a couple – then it's like seven years later. They won't play again. Yeah, like once every eight. Right. I don't think you want that. And I don't think that was the intention of the SEC. It just broke that way. So, I like it. 
And I guess more than anything else, as we'll continue to evolve our conversations over the summer and when this becomes official, if the move is sooner rather than later, if ESPN Plus kind of glides that move for Oklahoma and Texas to get there by 23, if it's still a, hey, we're in no rush to get there, we've got some things working through, I, I don't know. I haven't been a I haven't been a confidant of that. Well, I'm not going to tell you either anyway if I know about it. But I don't, I mean, the ACC is saying, all right, we're moving in that direction. Let's go. And I think it's my, no, I don't think it's my preferred method now. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And I'm, I'm sure there's some, you got math nerds, and you've got scheduling nerds that can help us better understand, all right, what's this rotation going to look like? Like, when can I plan on Alabama and Georgia coming to Norman? When can I plan on going to the swamp? Or when can I plan a trip to Columbia, South Carolina? I think it, it's good for the health of a conference for you to play every school once every two years and to host them once every four years. The ACC and Big 12 were the leagues that got the rule modified in 2014. The Big 12 had ditched its championship game after dropping to 10 schools but wanted to reopen the option of staging one. The then-new round-robin requirement made that possible. I completely forgot about that. But there we are. It looks like the future of scheduling is pods. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 580. What's the deal, Chris? I haven't heard the time and temperature yet. Who are you, Rick Cohn? Hey, congratulations. The show is yours. I'm so excited for you. It's going to be uh, great. Listen, you need to give the time and temperature more. Meanwhile, at the time, I was just like, I barely even know how to turn the microphone on. It's a plank show. Um, I don't know. I, Again, these are the things that I nerd out on in my free time, right? What does it look like in the future? And in that, is it a good thing for college football? Is pod scheduling the future? And I call it pod scheduling. There might be a more professional term. I don't know. Yeah, and it looks like, I mean, the ACC is not even necessarily looking at pods. They're looking at three permanent opponents and then right. the rest you would rotate scheduling. Which I, I, And like I said, I look at that as a pod. Might not be. Might not be in the truest sense of what the SEC is doing or – Rumored to do. So, I mean, because Boston College would always have Miami, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Uh, and according to this, Virginia Tech would always have Clemson, Duke, and Louisville. So, you're like, wait. So, they don't even have the same three teams. It's a little different. We'll get into it next. It's Plank Show. A few future guest notes for the Plank Show as we welcome you back on the Home of Sooner fans on uh, what is today? Wednesday. Wednesday. On Friday's show, we will be live from Oklahoma City because, well, the, why not? The OU softball game starts at one, and we get off the air at twelve. <laughs> so I don't know any quick way to get to OKC unless y'all have a shortcut. You have my permission Thank to you. say goodbye at eleven thirty. Um, I think we'll be okay. I haven't talked to Coach yet this week, and. I think we might try to just get her to come on either Thursday or on the bus ride over. Because if if my memory serves me correct, they may 
just hit at home and then drive straight to the game. Or they could go and hit at a facility in Edmond and then just come to the game. I, they've done both. Um, anyway, Tara Henry, D1Softball.com, is confirmed for the show on Friday. Uh, Joey Helmer tomorrow. And, uh, again, I – I don't know, Josh, on the NIL conversations. I just I feel like we keep butting our heads into a wall and it's like, where are we going with this? What's are we really accomplishing anything? Even even the NIL guidelines seem a little bit odd in that they're trying to put the onus back on the NCAA, where the NCAA is like, what's the great magic Johnson quote? I ain't gonna be here. That's how I feel. Now, there's a lot of people much smarter than me that live this 24-7, 365 that might say, uh, yeah, there's still a few more. But, again, I just feel like in everything that we get NIL-wise, you're like, saw the uh, Sooners being number four in that CBS Sports post-spring ranking got a little run last night. Uh, Gabe and Teddy, or the Oklahoma Breakdown, Twitter account throughout a tweet asking if it was too high or too low. I, I just I think that too high that ranking did its job right because it generated a little bit of buzz and a little bit of talk, and I'm sure it got some clicks. But last night or yesterday afternoon, BetRivers.com threw out its win totals for the Big Twelve now. Yesterday, we were going through what Bet Rivers had out as far as its picks to win the Big 12. Title odds. And they had, what were we laughing about? West Virginia was four. Texas was two to one. I don't. I, I'm looking now at these over under win totals. It makes zero sense how West Virginia could be their fourth pick in the conference and have this win total. Did you see what it was? Five and a half. Yeah, basically they're not even convinced it's a bowl team. I mean, how could West Virginia have the fourth best odds to win the conference and an over-under of five and a half? But I, let's start at the bottom here real quick, and then we'll get caught up in Oklahoma. Five and a half for West Virginia, five and a half for Texas Tech, and then two and a half for Kansas. Now, Kansas might be a bit of a sucker bet because you see that number and what do you think? Oh, come on. They can win three games. They can win three. Let's uh let's take a look at the 2022 Kansas football schedule just real quick. They open up at home against Tennessee Tech. When? Uh Tennessee Tech football. Hold on. I, I, I saw this the other day. Tennessee Tech last season, um, let's see, I, I think they were like 10-1 and one or something of that nature. In the FCS? Yeah, in the FCS. Maybe, maybe it was 8-2. and two, But, oh, no, it was two years ago. Yeah, they went 2-8 and eight last year. Okay, so, so that's a win. That's a win. We got one. Find me the other win in... Road games in Houston, Norman, Waco, Lubbock, and Manhattan. Home games against Texas. Well, that, that might be a win. Oklahoma State. 
TCU, Iowa State, and Duke. So you feel good about one. If you go on the over two and a half on Kansas, where's your other two wins? Iowa State, I think they'll have a chance to beat. Well, you're really down on Iowa State going into They're gonna the be season, awful. aren't you? They're going to be terrible. <laughs> Duke. Duke, you might have a chance. Have a chance in that game. I think Houston's going to be really good this year. Yeah, I think I, Houston's going to be really good this year. I don't feel great about that game. Texas Tech, maybe if they're just awful defensively, but mm. I think, you know, at the quarterback position alone, they've got a pretty healthy edge, and it's in Lubbock. I, I don't want to make Tech Tina mad at me. Uh, this early in the show, Josh. West Virginia, I think they got a chance. But I am all over that Texas Tech under right now. I mean, and I'm I'm pretty optimistic about Tech football, and I like the Red Raiders a lot. Um, I mean, listen, I hate what they did to my boy Matt Wells. That was wrong. But Tech at five and a half. They've got Murray State. They host Houston, and then they go – to Raleigh, North Carolina for North Carolina State. And then you're into your Big 12 play. I mean, one and two? One and two in non-conference? And then from there? That's the bottom of the uh, conference. I So from those three, just real quick, and we'll get a break, come back, talk about the top. And listen, I don't know what's going on on 94.7. I see all the text messages. Um... But it sucks in my car radio, too. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know if it's something with the HD not clicking over or whatever it is, but it sounds like a staticky mess right now to me in Oklahoma City and in my drive. So I don't know what's going Search on. Search and download KREF. So that's one of the great things about having a lot of signals. Um, if you're out and about in Norman, you can get us on 1400, 99.3 FM. Uh, if you're in the Tulsa area, 1430 going up that turnpike. But, yeah, 94.7 is a mess signal-wise right now. I don't know what's going on with it. But you're right. Search KREF in your app store. You can download it. That's the best advice I can give you. I do, by the way, I do appreciate the fact that we're getting blown up about it because it means you're trying to listen. Yep. But I was trying to listen, and I finally just said, I'm going to 1,400. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a tech issue um, where the canuter valve isn't connected properly to the uh, intake or if the manifest and the, uh, the upfold isn't good. I have no idea what I'm talking about. What is a canuter valve? I don't know. I heard it one time on Home Improvement, and I've just gone with it. <laughs> but there you go. So I, I we're working on it, I guess. I have no idea if we are or not. But we're getting blown up about it. So there you go. Download the app. That's how I listen whenever I have any issues like that. So when we co- you better get that signal fixed because there's the bottom three. Two five-and-a-halves and a two-and-a-half. In win totals for the Big 12. Five and a half for Texas Tech. I'm all over the under. Five and a half for West Virginia. I'm all over the under. Two and a half for Kansas. Probably all over the under. I'm mixed on it. I don't feel great either way. So let's get a break and talk about where they have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the rest of the Big 12. This is BetRivers.com, who may need some help with their Big 12 people. Because I still don't know how West Virginia can have the fourth best odds to win the conference and have a win total of five and a half. Either there's an incredible value there somewhere, or someone has no idea what they're doing. I can't figure it out. There's two offices at <laughs> Bet Rivers. 
<laughs> there's the pro West Virginia office, and there's the, hey, welcome to reality office on the other side of the building. <laughs> Quick break. It's a plank show. What's interesting, by the way, going back to our opening topic as we welcome you back into the plank show, what's interesting about the idea of, of pod scheduling in the SEC is it's somewhat similar. To, and and we, we were talking about it in the open. If you missed it, it'll be downloaded on the podcast later today. Or if you're trying to listen on 94.7. Turn the power on. Let's go. Crank it up. Um, but if you're you miss it, we're just talking about pod scheduling. It's kind of wild because it's not a true pod for the ACC in the sense of what the SEC might do, but it is an interesting slant on it, right? Will you still, you know, not every team has those same three, right? Boston College has uh, a different group of of three than say, well, they've got Miami in their group, and it's different than what Miami has. There's a so lot it's a of, very unique slant on it. There's a lot of people in the SEC that want this right. instead of pods. Permanent schedule, and you could figure out how to make the math work on that. It could be three permanent opponents. It could be four permanent opponents that you play every year. And then you rotate through the rest of the SEC. Pods is the simple one. I, I think it's just easier with the pods. And I think that's eventually what the ACC will end up doing. But I think I think it's the future for, for these bigger leagues. I'll be curious to see if there is if there is any changes for the Big Twelve and what it looks like with their twelve team league. I mean, they're still up in the air about it. We talked to Shane Lyons a couple weeks. Are we going to still care about the Big Twelve? I mean, obviously with Oklahoma State, we are going to be paying attention and we're going to be following every minute. But I'm fascinated to see if they decide to to go into divisions. Because I think it's, it's still going, up for debate. You know, for for you and I, I think it's going to be hard for the two of us to completely separate ourselves. Sure. From what we grew up with, what we've covered for so many years. There's always going to be an interest. Now, will our callers or listeners care as much? I I don't think so. Um, it's really nerdy. I can't think of any other way to put it. Listen, it it is. It's it's in the weeds. It's things that some people are like, bro, really. But it's like I'll care when they kick it off. Right. No, I I'm that but way. That's too. what we're here for. <laughs> I think that's it's interesting. Do. And with Oklahoma, there's some other. Again, ways we can look at this. Permanent opponents. You got to play Texas. Right. We know that. I'd like Arkansas to be a permanent opponent for Oklahoma. I'd love it. Whether that's in a pods format or, again, like this, I I think Texas A&M should be a permanent opponent for OU. Beyond that, whatever. And, and if I could get a, a fourth, I would say LSU is who I want Oklahoma to play every year. So the funny thing is I don't even know where those discussions are right now. I mean, we're seeing it with the ACC because they're in the middle of their ACC champ or their ACC meetings and very much in the future. But I don't I don't know Josh Helmer if we're in a situation as to how in-depth those conversations have gone as it pertains to 
as it pertains to the SEC and its future? Is it still kind of a battle of trying to figure out when and if, you know, this is something that happens next year? And we're not as far off as maybe the ACC might appear to be. Everyone knows that when Greg Sankey said Oklahoma and Texas are coming, here's the two scheduling models that we're thinking of. We'll debate them whenever that time comes. But for now, we're sticking with I don't know. But it's just it's kind of fascinating bringing it up because I love the pods. I think it's the future, but I could be wrong. It's just it's that point now where everyone's trying to reimagine what they think is going to matter whenever we get to playoff time. And then in that, what matters to these schools and getting every potential opponent and diversifying your portfolio, if you will, when it comes to matchups and not once every eight years that you're seeing an opponent or going to their place or having them come to yours. There's so many angles to this, by the way. Then you get into, okay, well, what does non-conference look like then? Do you do you ratchet it up to where it is, you know, basically you play a non-conference game against an opponent that you don't regularly see? Or the ACC's done that a couple of times. North Carolina did that last year. I don't know. I think schools want to retain the autonomy over what their non-conference schedule looks like, but I'd love for the Big Ten and SEC to put their heads together and just say conference champion matches up with conference champion every year right. in the non-conference, two versus two, three versus three, so on and so forth. The bottom two of the SEC, okay, they don't play anybody from the Big Ten. There you go. Can we add relegation in like soccer? No. You're booted if you don't win. You're going down to Big 12B. We didn't get to the top part of the win total. I'm sorry. Can we break here and do it when we get back? We may. <laughs> BetRivers.com has posted win totals. And it's kind of the first time we've seen these numbers floated. Have you seen them? Did you look at the tweet? Yeah, I, I, I've okay. looked at them. And I'm here to tell everybody, find your savings right, and invest in the over for on Oklahoma. Really? Oh, we'll dive into it next right here on The Plank Show. So, in a year or two from now, Josh Helmer, good Lord willing, there could be a chance that I might have to leave the show early around this time because the SEC softball tournament, which started last tonight with the quote-unquote play-in game, is in full throttle today. When does the top seed play? Tomorrow. Okay, so, so you, won't, you wouldn't like have a, to dip out until tomorrow. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. Um, if I, I'm trying to do this right off the top of my head while I Google like crazy, I think they have a double buy for their top seeds. So, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. One through four gets a double buy, essentially. They had the play-in game last night. Texas A&M beat South Carolina 5-3. to three. Then starting at 11 a.m. on the SEC Network, you get Mississippi State and LSU. Followed, uh, They'll go on to play Tennessee tomorrow, whoever wins that. Auburn, Missouri plays at 1.30 today. Whoever wins that will go on to play Alabama tomorrow. A&M, Florida, whoever wins that will play Kentucky tomorrow. And then Arkansas awaits the winner of Georgia Ole Miss Tournament in Gainesville. And, by the way, I'll be the first one to tell you, I think it'd be really cool if our first season in the SEC 
Love's Field is hosting the SEC tournament. Now, I don't know how far in advance they've already figured this out, but that's how big time this facility is going to be. Um, 405-329-9000. Hang in there, True Sooner. I want to get to you next hour. But you said bang the over, right? Bang the over. Because according to BetRivers.com, the Oklahoma Sooner over is nine. An even nine. No hook. Hook meaning a half. And for those that aren't familiar with the over-under bet, that means you're betting that the Sooners would win more than nine games. If they win just nine, uh, it's a push. What is going on out there? It's a debate. Oh, okay. What are they fighting over? Do we want to go jump in on it during the I break? don't know. Just turn the mics up and we'll probably know. <laughs> so you say slam dunk and I. I Over. think so. I think so. I mean, to me, worst case scenario is Oklahoma goes nine and three. Eight and four would be a disaster for Oklahoma. So if, if you're getting nine, worst case, you're pushing. Right. So grab your savings, chuck it on the over, and thank me later. Two, three, four, five, six. Six of the last this seven years. This is not financial advice. Six of the last seven years, they've won nine or more games. And that includes a season that we look at as an out-and-out disappointment. Ten of the last 12, they've won nine or more games. Thirteen of the last 16. It's Planks. We'll talk about it next.